Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Especially, I think the part I was really struggling with, it's like, you like look at your budget and you're like trying to think of retirement and like, you know, you should be putting more into retirement, but to like truly spell it out that way and see what the strategies are to put more into retirement makes it feel like a lot more manageable and possible. Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and I am also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am here today with my guest, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Barbara. How are you? Good. Doing good. <laughs> We're doing lots of podcasting today, so I am excited to chat with you. Me too. So, okay. So give me the details, how old you are, where you live, what you do, what you make, all the all that. Alrighty. So yes, my name is Nicole and I am, um, I live in Southern Arizona and I've lived here for about two years. I am a business analyst for a water utility here and I make about 55,000 a year. And I am, let's see, not married, but partnered. We live together. I think that's like the gist of it. Okay, so live together. And how old did you say you were? Oh, I did not say. <laughs> I am oh, 30. Okay. <laughs> I'm 30. 30. Okay, perfect. Very cool. All right. So you have, do you have some shared expenses then? We do. Perfect. Awesome. All right. And so do you want to go through, you want to talk through kind of what your net income is and then where your expenses are? Sure. So my take home monthly is about 2850 Okay. And then my uh, expenses, rent is extremely affordable here, which I'm so grateful for. Um, between the two of us, split evenly, it's four forty each. Oh my gosh, that is I know <laughs> that is that is a dream. Four hundred forty dollars, and it's like in a good location in our town. It's amazing. It's like almost makes it hard to want to buy a house down the road because it's like you can't find uh, anything like that. Yeah, you can't get a mortgage for four forty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Okay, cool. All right, so 440 for rent. Yes. Okay, and then uh, my car, I have um, my monthly car payments on it are 318 and I have about 18 more months until it's paid off. 
Okay. And then my car insurance and renter's insurance is 110. And then my portion of groceries is 300. And then my portion of utilities is 175. Then I have two cats, so it's about $50 a month for them. And then I will be starting my student loan payments in a couple months. So I just kind of like include that in my budget. So I'm ready for it. And so that's going to be sure. 312. Okay. So those are like my needs expenses. And then I have a handful of like fun money Wait. and then savings. Mm-hmm. What about gas? Oh, that's right. <laughs> gas is actually, I have a really fuel efficient car. So it's only like 50 bucks. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. All right. And so, do, do, do. man, that rent number. I know. It's I think amazing. you might like win for like lowest rent I've seen. <laughs> and I actually moved to Southern Arizona from Southern California. And so I grew up there and like totally got priced out. It was just got to the point where it was like too expensive to live there. And then coming here, it was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is like the most affordable thing ever. Amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So total for your necessary spending, we come to $17.55. Yes. Perfect. Okay. And then your other, the fun stuff and savings. Okay. Yeah. So fun stuff is restaurants, about $175 have some like miscellaneous shared costs. Um, so we spend about 150 each on that. <laughs> I have about 265 on kind of fun things that I'll like buy for myself or like unexpected expenses, just kind of have like a bucket of money to okay. draw from there. And then savings, I do about 275 in savings for like various things, um, potentially buying a home down the road, travel, emergency. So that's my bucket for that perfect all right so then that gets us to so that gets us to 26 26 20 yep that sounds right perfect 20 okay and so then so we have a little bit of room not a ton like yeah. 200 two, like 200 dollars we have left over yeah <laughs> okay that's okay um okay so when with your net i have a couple questions Obviously, I have questions. Uh, so with your monthly net, that is after, do you have a workplace retirement plan? Yes. And health, Okay. And are you in that? Yes. Perfect. And what is what are you doing with that? And what kind of plan do you have? Is it a 401k? So I have a 457. Seven. Okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Utility. So it's that one. I wish I could put more into it, but right now I'm doing 200 a month into the 457. And it's pre-tax, correct? Yes. Perfect. Okay. And then it also, um, so we're actually, the water utility is a part of the city. And so we have a pension also. And so I'm paying into that. And then the city is also paying into that. Um, Perfect. I love a pension. Me too. (laughs) Um, So I put 224 a month into that, but it gets kind of confusing because it's like, doesn't really translate. Like this is how much I put into it because then it's like calculated what you take out of it based on like when you retire and how long you've been there and yeah years of service salary mm-hmm. yeah it's not not an easy it's not like oh it'll make seven percent a year yeah um, do you and do you know have have they talked to you a little bit about how long you need to be there to be vested in the pension yeah like, okay so I only need to be there five years to be vested and I have a feeling I'll be there long term I'm really happy here and there's like room to grow so yeah either you know I'm only three more years till invested. So I'll, I'll definitely be there that long yeah. and then maybe longer and, you know, however that all shakes out. Sure. And then is it tw- 20 years is the minimum? So 
they have like a basically 20 years. It's kind of okay. funny though. Cause you have, they don't let you like retire till you're 60. And at that point I'd be there like over 30 years. So yes. Okay. Cause yeah, so they have all different, it depends on the government, but yeah, some yeah. of it's 55, some of it's 30 years. It all depends. Yeah. I don't want to be there till I'm 60. That seems like a very long time, but <laughs> we'll see. Totally. Okay. Well, that's great. Okay. So you have a pension and then you're in the 457 as well. Yeah. And then health, I, I imagine health insurance comes out of that too. So yeah. So health insurance, I'm doing an HSA. And that's actually nice because since they don't, obviously pension is great because they um, contribute to that, the 457, they don't match or anything, but the HSA, they do match. So I only put um, 2000 into that a year and then the um, agency puts 1000 into it a year. Oh, that is really nice. You usually yeah. don't see with the government job that they do any sort of matching. Yeah. Um, or at least we haven't seen it so far. So HSA, so you do 2000, mm-hmm. perfect. And then they put 1000. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. All righty. Well, very good. Okay. So then where are we with savings? And then I want to talk about the student loans too. Yes. Okay. So savings, just kind of in my, like in my accounts kind of offhand, I have um, like liquid, I have like 19,500 saved. Great. But then I also have like pre- um, a retirement account from a previous employer. Okay. So that 19,000, we can kind of come back to because I've trying to figure out what to do with it. But um, in my retirement savings accounts previously, I have another 457. Okay. That currently has a balance of 39,500. Great. Okay. And then the 457 that I'm currently a part of with my current employer is at 5,900. Awesome. Okay, great. And then let's see, I have a couple more. Um, this one is kind of confusing. When I, as mentioned, I had originally moved from California, and so I was a part of the pension system there also. But I was two months shy of vesting, so oh, no, I know. So maybe one day I'll go back over there and, and I can finish that. But I have like a good chunk of change that's just sitting there. If I ever like want to go back and continue like um, being a part of Cal Pierce, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's kind of in the back of my mind because right now that account is at 22,900 and then <laughs> I randomly have um I think it's a retirement health savings account um RHS for 2,300 and then I have been like trying to dabble with investing and so I started like a personal brokerage account and I have 2000 in there, but I can't really figure out what to do with it. And then I started an IRA and I only have like 400 in there and I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. And then I um, also started an Acorns account years ago. And I love how I like don't have to think about it and it's grown to 3000. So it's kind of nice. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And then did you do, was it a Roth IRA or you did a traditional IRA for 400? Um, that one is post-tax. So does it say Roth on it? Um, I believe so. Because there's post-tax and like a non-deductible or Roth, meaning it went in after tax and it's growing tax deferred and the entirety of it comes out tax-free. Ooh, I actually, I need to look into it so much okay. more. I just like heard someone say like, oh, you should start an IRA. And I was like, okay. And I really need to learn more about it. So I'm not sure what even account I did open. Okay, so look at that. That would be <laughs> yes. that would be great if that's okay. a Roth. Okay. And then so the savings you mentioned earlier, um, the nineteen thousand five hundred, that's like your emergency fund, like cash account. Yes. Perfect. You've done a great job saving. I, it feels so like 
confusing and I feel don't like I haven't done a great job because I'm like, well, what do I do with this? Or like, am I work like even just sorting out like what my goals are and if I'm working like towards them? And so I'm glad to hear that you're saying that it looks good so far. Yeah, you have, um, you know, given that your salary is fifty five thousand, you have like, and, and and it is hard to kind of factor in the the pension value, right? Yeah. And especially you have a lot with the Cal Pierce system, right? Twenty two thousand nine hundred. That's a Mm-hmm. Nice chunk of change, but even if we just look at your four fifty sevens, you have forty five thousand already saved in that, which is all you're almost about where your salary is, and that's not you know if we take into account the two pension values, you're you're there. You've saved like one years of gross salary in retirement, which I think is great mm-hmm. at the age of thirty. You also have a ton of cash saved up, so that's why I want to ask about these student loans. Yes, <laughs> oh, the dreaded topic. <laughs> so I. I'm actually currently enrolled in school. I'm finishing my PhD. And so I should be done by like spring 2022. And then I'll go into repayments. But my sticker price on all of that is just shy of 300,000. But I am like very committed to a career in the public sector. And so I'm pursuing public service loan forgiveness. I was going to say, please tell me. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I made that decision because like after I finished um, like my master's, it was working and like already starting to do that. And I like kind of got to that point where I was like, oh, maybe I'll just like go back for a little bit more since I know I'm already on this path. So it was like. And what's the PhD in? It's in public policy. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Good for you. That's a big goal. Yeah, I I really enjoy it and it fits well with my work. Just want to hurry up and finish. <laughs> Especially too, because then I can actually start the clock for the 10-year program. Yes. Okay. All right. So I like $300,000 sticker shock, but, yeah. I think it's, but I think working in the public loan forgiveness arena, then we can get that paid off. Also, the benefit of that is you will be fully vested with this. Mm-hmm role that you're in, you know, with this pension system that you're currently in, potentially you could get further along and maybe get a nice pension benefit out of that. And then you still have that option to always go back and get those two months. They'll usually bridge you Mm -hmm. with your retirement so that you can be vested in that pension too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the 312, what that's going to be your future income-based repayment number. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Well, that works out that your rent is so cheap because then that loan loan payment is, you know, a good chunk of money yeah. given what you're bringing in. But the fact that your rent is so low, I think helps that helps offset it, you know, so that you're still having some flexibility with your budget. Yeah, that's a really good point. I like thinking of it like that. <laughs> makes it easier to swallow. <laughs> yeah, because if you said your rent was 700, I mean, that would be like normal amount uh-huh. you know, to spend. Or, <laughs> so that's the way I'm looking at it because you're doing a really good job saving. And were you making about the same when you were in California or did you take a step down in income? Yeah. So I was making quite like 20,000 more when I was in California. And so just the salary like market over here Mm -hmm. is less granted. Also everything else is more affordable. Um, But yeah, I was making more previously. So, um, All right. So let's talk about what your goals are. So I think the income-based repayment program makes total sense because after 10 years in the public sector, you can have that debt forgiven. And I think given where your income is, it makes sense to... So And they said that it'll be 312 a month times 12. So it'll be um, 3,700 
and $44 a year. And so then you're going to pay that for 10 years. So you'll end up paying 37,000 and have the bulk of that forgiven. That's the goal. Yes. And it may, you know, grow into, you know, higher roles in my agency and make a little bit more money, but it's still, if it's income driven, that's much more like comfortable and manageable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If that goes up a little bit. So just make sure, and we, we are going to put together a guide. So when this airs, hopefully the guide is already out, but we have had a woman on the show successfully get through the program. Yes. I listened to that yeah. episode. Oh, you did? <laughs> I okay, loved good. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we did a follow-up with her and she got through it because at the time she did, it, I think only 1% of people actually managed to get through the program. Yeah. The numbers have gotten a little bit better. I think it's like 2%, which is really a double, but mm-hmm. you know, still can be a bit intimidating. So just be really diligent with the program because I definitely think totally makes sense for you to go that direction. And then I'm with you on the house. <laughs> I, I, I would think at least until you're farther along or closer with the debt forgiveness, right? Because I don't know what the housing looks like there, but I would imagine your expenses would go up. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things because it's like definitely a life goal and it just makes a lot of sense. Like investing wise to, you know, have your own home that eventually, you know, is paid off come yeah. retirement time. Um, and my boyfriend would be like on board with that too. He also <laughs> has a lot of student debt. So he, we kind of like do our budget separately and then have our own shared expenses, but mm-hmm. uh, he's, you know, doing his own strategy to tackle his student loans. So I imagine, you know, in a couple years when we're both kind of have like a little bit better handle on all of that, we can explore buying a home. Yeah. And I would say it's not, not out of the picture. I would just say that I I would look at the, at the, at the budget and maybe it's like something that's a few years out. So maybe it's like at 35 or 34 where you're you're halfway through your loan repayment. You know that that payment will go away in five years. And so it'll only be tight for a temporary period of time or Mm -hmm. tighter versus I wouldn't rush into it as, I don't. I definitely think it's on the table, especially given that you've saved so much already with cash, and you can continue to save. I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think about what I want with the 457. Yeah, yeah. I have a hard time figuring that out because it's like, yes, I know I have this like pension piece going on, and but still wanting to make sure that I am contributing enough to my 457. Yeah, because you definitely still want to do the 457 because, as you said, you don't know how long you want to stay there, mm-hmm. and. The pension, usually the best payouts are when you hit all of the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Like the years of service, the higher salary. And and so that's, you know, as you said, it's 30 years. It's yeah. Far, <laughs> far away. Um, so I kind of am thinking, oh, okay. So talk to me. What what is there anything else going on I should be considering? Oh, um, I guess I, let's see, debt-wise, I mentioned um, student loans, car payment, Mm-hmm. And I do have a little bit of a credit card balance, but I'm actually using my public service loan forgiveness kind of budget um, to pay down that credit card. So by the time I have to do start making student loan, student payments, loan. the credit card will be done. And that was just perfect. Kind of- yeah, that's perfect. So I'm kind of thinking a good way to bump up your 457 is when your car payment goes away. Okay which is in 18 months, that'll be paid off. You could take, you could split the difference and you could do 150 into savings because you'll you'll need a new car down the road. But yeah, so you could do 150 towards the savings and then you could put 150 a month into the 457. I like that. Yeah, or you could do 200 and then 100 towards savings. You could see how you're faring. 
because then you'll bump that up. And I like the idea of paying off the credit card. And then once the credit card's done, it kind of sunsets and then the student loan takes over that. So your budget stays. So your budget essentially will stay the, stays the same. That's perfect. And so we're working within the same budget. And then what you can do is when you get a raise at work, if you get a cost of living adjustment, like 2% or 3%, mm-hmm. um, and who knows what it'll be because obviously the cost of living adjustment for social security is going to be 5.9%. So maybe it'll be even higher, but you could split the difference with yourself. So you could say half of it's for retirement and half of it's for now. Okay. That's another easy way to increase your retirement without having to adjust your budget. I like that. And then I would keep, so I would say you could, and this is where it's going to come down to personal preference. You could also use some of that 275 that you have for your saving. It could go into your regular, you know, emergency savings, or you could put that into some of that could go into a Roth or into your brokerage account. And I'm, that to me is going to be personal preference. Okay. Because I'm trying to do a lot of things here. And, yeah. <laughs> and here's the way. So you, if you can secure the pension, right? If you have a pension coming in, I always like to say it's like a three-legged stool. So it's sturdy. So mm. you'll have a pension coming in. We don't know what, but you'll have, it will be money sent to you. You'll have social security, or at least we hope we all have social security. And then you're going to have your own retirement savings. So you're not... I don't think in it probably too high of a bracket with your gross income. So with, with the car money, you could say you're going to increase. I, the reason I like the 457 is to me, the 457 takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. Somebody else has yeah. the investments. It's going in on a regular basis. It just does very well. So I always lean towards using your work plan as the first avenue for retirement. If you're really sold on doing a Roth, you could, with the car payment going away, you could say, I'm going to take that. 150 or 200 and put it in the Roth instead. I'll leave that up to you. I just usually lean towards the work plan, but that doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the work plan also because it is one of those things that it's like comes right out of your paycheck. You don't even see it. You don't even think about it. Cause I know oftentimes like my intent with the um, IRA was like to start putting money into it, but because it has all the extra steps of me doing it, I just haven't been very good about it. Yeah. It can like fall by the wayside. Okay. So let's, that makes sense. So then well, let's do it with the work plan. And then with your 275, you're saving monthly, you could decide if it's more important to save that, you know, towards a future down payment, or if you want to put some of that towards a Roth and you could put a hundred bucks a month into a Roth. Um, cause you're eligible to do a Roth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Overall, that's what, that's how I would do it. So once the car payment's gone, I would put some of that money, whether it's 150 or 200 in your work plan, take the rest of it. You can go into savings. And then with your student loan payment, you're going to make that payment now till the credit cards are paid off. Then that will sunset. Then you'll do the student loans for 10 years. And then the 275 you're saving, if you wanted to do the Roth too, you could use some of that money from there and put that into the Roth if you wanted to do more towards retirement. Okay. Yeah. Or you can decide that you like having the investment account and you want to do it as a, not as a retirement account. And that's fine too. Okay. Yeah. I feel like with a lot of like, especially the the brokerages and the IRA, it's like, I'm still very much like just getting my bearings with them. And so like putting enough in it just to like dabble and like get comfortable with it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I, based on our chatting, I think the work, the work plan is nice because you don't have to, there's less obligation. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just go into your work portal and you increase your contribution and then, and it's invested, right? All of uh-huh. it's invested. Yes. Perfect. And then 
you are good to go on that. That okay. will just keep trucking along. And then what I would say in terms of a house is I think probably the magic number for you will be like about five years, four to five, because then you're so much farther along on the loan forgiveness. Yeah. So you almost kind of like what you're doing with the credit card that sunsets and is taken care of and then the student loan appears. You'd be on your way out of the, you know, halfway through the student loan payment before we're taking on another obligation. That makes a lot of sense. I like that. Cause I think, you know, you start to think about all the things you want to do and you're like, how does this fit in my budget? But yeah, when you like stagger it and then it just kind of transitions into each other. Yeah, exactly. Because then um, at that point you'll have a good amount saved up. You'll have cash and the only uh, you'll have a good solid retirement plan, right? And then your only debt will be the student loan. So that will kind of go out off your budget after 10 years, ideally. Mm-hmm. And so then when you're looking at a house, if you can afford it on the existing budget, then you'll even have more wiggle room in five years when the student loans are done. Mm-hmm. Totally. Or if you, if you end up closing at year six and you have four more years and then that money comes back in your budget. So I, I think it makes it a little easier to plan when you stagger it a bit. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, this sounds really good. Thank you. I like all these tips. This I have like a list of things to like make sure I follow. And it's one of those things too, that's like years down the road too, to like implement. One question I kind of struggle with is like how you mentioned, um, like the 457s are great because it takes a lot of the guesswork out. I I definitely struggle with that because it's like trying to figure out, like, obviously you want to put as much as you can into your retirement accounts and, you know, continue to put more in the future into those accounts. But it's like, almost still feels a little bit like guesswork. Like, yeah, I know I'm doing like as much as I can, but like trying to anticipate what that account is going to look like. In the um, future? Yeah. And then also like, again, with like the pension pieces, like, you know, it's kind of hard. Those could truly be in such a range depending on how long I stay there. Yeah. So the pension piece is hard because what you could do, and maybe this would be a way to evaluate how long you stay, mm-hmm. um, is find out. So usually they can give you like a rough estimate. It's not exact. But if you're there and you have 20 years of service and your salary is 60000 and you retire at 65, and you can find out like, even if you don't, you know, if you don't collect the pension um, until 65. So if you're making 60000 then is it approximately like 40% of your salary or 30%? Like where uh-huh. you should be able to get like a ballpark. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll reach out to the office and try to answer those questions so that I have that info to then real like calculate how much of a gap the 457 is filling. Exactly. And then also that would be a reason why you stay, you know, after the student loan forgiveness portion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. would be like, okay, I really like my career and I am going to stay so that I am going to get that pension because it works out to be, I don't know. So if it's, if it's 60,000 and you get 30% of your salary, that's 18,000 a year that you would have as a pension. Or if it's more, if it's, you know, 40%, you get 24,000 a year. Plus you'll also get something from social security, which I know and people are going to be like, we're not going to get it. I yeah. really hope we get it. I really hope we get it. It's a great program. It works so well for retirees. So if you got 24,000 a year from the pension, which is 2000 a month, and let's say you got a thousand dollars a month from social security, well, there's 3000 gross and, you know, in retirement, you're not paying your FICA taxes, right? You're not paying into social security, you're not paying into uh, Medicare. You are not saving for retirement anymore. You're not going to have all the, as many things coming out. So mm-hmm. if it was 3000 gross and let's say 
you've got to keep 80% of it, that's 2,400. Well, you're only $450 away from what you're netting now. And that's just with social and pension. So I, yeah, I would definitely talk to them just, and you know, they might kind of brush, don't let them brush you off. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you're 30 years old. Why are you talking yeah, to you're us? 30, <laughs> you don't like, it's complicated. Just say ballpark. Like you just have to have a, a rudimentary way of estimating the value of the pension and they should want you to know because it is an incentive for why you should stay there right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like if it works out to be like 40 percent of your income that's fantastic yeah so yeah. i would do that and then a, a rule of thumb and this is what i just like to use and it's not a perfect science but um the rule of 72 is the concept where if your investments are earning 7.2 percent compounding of interest your money will double every 10 years so and that's without adding anything to it, right? That's just for what you currently have. So you have 45,000 saved up. I'm like hesitant to just use 45,000 because, well, you we already talked to you, you're going to get pension. Ideally, you're going to get that pension money. Mm-hmm. So you're 30 and then we get you to, and this is without using any of your other investments accounts, just what you have saved. At 40 with nothing else, add it, that goes to 90. And then at 50, that's going to go to do, 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 180. And then at 60, it's going to be 360,000. And then at 70, it's going to be 720. Okay. So that's why I would like to add some more to the 457. Yeah. Because you're doing a great job. Um, but I do think we could bump, bump that up a bit. And I like the, I, since you're comfortable with the workplace plan, I, I like using the workplace plan as well. So it takes some of that guesswork out of it for you. Um, and then now if we can get your retirement numbers up to where we get you, and that's without adding, remember, and we're going to be adding this entire time. Mm-hmm. So we should be able to get you up closer to a million dollars, ideally, if the market does a great, great job and you're adding to, and then that way you could be pulling like, I don't know, 40,000 off of that. And then if you have a pension that's pulling in $24,000 a year, that's at $64,000. And then if you, we have social security then, which I really hope we do. <laughs> and the, let's say that gives you another, you know, 17,000 or we can estimate that. Then that's $80,000 coming in, which with inflation and everything, you have to continue to work on your retirement plan every year and revisit it because things change. But to me, that feels like where you would want to be. So I just think we need to, once that car payment goes mm-hmm. away, I w- that's why I would in- increase the retirement a bit. Okay. Yeah. That sounds great. I think between, yeah, the car payment and then um, like you mentioned too, like COLA promotions in the future. Exactly. Yeah. Adding that into it. And then, yeah, the nice thing is you have a career that you're really invested in that you like, and Mm -hmm. then it has great benefits. So I, I would like find out more about that pension and then really consider how that's going to help you because you know, one of the reasons, so for people listening, typically when you're offered really great work benefits, like a pension and good health insurance and all that, they tend to pay less as a salary, especially with a government entity, um, because they're giving you that pension. And so if your pension is going to pay you 24000 a year in the future, well, you would have had to you know, save more in the 457 if you didn't have that pension to, to mm-hmm. come up with that. So you don't have to put quite as much in your 457 if you get that pension, right? Because those are going to be combined forces for your retirement. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. God, I love the government benefits. It's, <laughs> it's <a> nice. <laughs> even, yeah, yeah, really even nice. The salary, you know, wish it was higher, but yeah, with the benefits, I appreciate them. <laughs> yeah, and it's great because you'll get that. You'll get that PhD, which is awesome. And then mm-hmm. you're in the public loan forgiveness program. You can get that taken care of. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, I definitely think a house is on the table too. Um, I just think it's a, a couple of years out, and then that way you could start to sunset the student loans, and then that's when the house would come in. And you know, maybe a lot, you know, things can change. So maybe if the rent all of a sudden gets more expensive, then it makes sense to reevaluate and do that sooner. Mm-hmm. But with your rent being so low, I think <laughs> you're in a great position to, you know, increase retirement, save and, and get started on the, the forgiveness program. I love it. Thank you. Especially, I think the part I was really struggling with, it's like, you like look at your budget and you're like trying to think of retirement and like, you know, you should be putting more into retirement, but to like truly spell it out that way and see what the strategies are to put more into retirement makes it feel like a lot more manageable and possible. And then two factoring with the other goals. So I can't thank you enough. Yeah, no, <laughs> totally. I'm glad you came on. Me too. Thank you so much. And so for all of our lovely listeners, you can find the most updated information on our Instagram, Future Rich Podcast. And we have free online classes that are partnered with SUNY Ulster. We have Future Rich, our core class, and student loans. Um, and you can find those on www.futurerichpodcast.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.